This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we've got three main reviews to kick off with. Uh, we've got The Reef Stalked, another shark movie. Uh, then we have the political thriller 18 and a half, and another political thriller, Executive Order. Our short shot this week is Crooks, and our DTV throwback is TC2000. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is The Reef Stalked. After her sister's murder, Nick, her young sister and two friends seek solace through a Pacific Island kayaking adventure. Hours into the trip, the women are stalked by a shark and must band together, facing their fears and save each other. Um, this comes hot on the heels of, uh, what was it called, Sharkbait? The, Sharkbait, uh, yeah. The, uh, mm-hmm. James, James Dunn. Dunn one um this is a slightly different kettle of fish uh-huh. um it, it sort of plays along the the idea of of the reef as well um but it is definitely a different kind of film for sure uh steve how did he get on with um stalked um yeah, it was okay it kind of like well every other Shark film I've seen in the last ten years, really. <laughs> you know, you know what you're getting. I mean, the only thing that it took a while to get going. I mean, I don't think the shark turns up till about an hour in, really. And then, to me, there wasn't much carnage in it. If you know what I mean. If, if I'm watching yeah. something like this. I want to see a bit more blood and guts, a bit more. Well, I don't. It's. it's I think there's only what one one death in it. Is it? Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you know, I expect a, a lot more than that. And the other thing as well was the the sister's murder at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a spoiler. That is literally the start of the film. So yeah. that's the first two minutes. And now it's like they're trying to play it back into a psyche, you know, like when she goes under the water and stuff. It, that didn't make sense to me at all. You know, obviously, you know, you grieve and stuff like that, but you don't get flashbacks to your own sister's murder where you're in your sister's I, head. I, I, Do you know I what I mean? Know. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm giving that a pass. I, I think, you know... <clears throat> Uh, because the way she discovered the body, the way the, way the husband was acting, um, you know, the, the, she she saw, you know, the the, the the crime scene, as it were, you know, sort of walking mm. through the house and the blood on the walls and stuff. I I, I think that whole thing. I think she's played it, yeah. it through her head. Well, yeah, maybe. Not, yeah, it's a yeah, trauma. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think I, 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 I think yeah. that's fine as well. Yeah. I I also though I was a bit confused at first because I was thinking, did, after she discovered it, was she then attacked? And I was, I thought, is that yeah, her? That, then, yeah. you could, then you could tell, actually, no, that was, that's not her. When, when you could actually see the, the face clearly, 
um, yeah. that, it, that it wasn't her, that it was just obviously her kind of imagining of what had happened because obviously she didn't actually see it taking place. But yeah, yeah, I kind of got where I kind of got what they were doing there. That yeah. was okay. It might, it might just be my brain this week because it's COVID riddled and it's just not, it's hard to concentrate on anything really. But yeah, it was okay. I mean, I liked the shark attack didn't seem to be CGI though. That was one thing. It seemed like it was kind of stock footage that they really edited together really well. Um, so that was a bit of a bonus for it. And I can't really say much more than that. You know, it, it is what it is. It's every yeah. every other shark shark film in the last ten years. You know, but not a bad version. Yeah, I, I I'd go with that. Um, Rich, your thoughts on Stalked? Uh, well, before before I get on to to that, have you? Have either of you seen the original? Because um, I haven't. Yes, I thought I had, but I don't think I have. So, um, Mike, yeah. am I right thinking this is a standalone is, yeah. sequel? Yeah, to- totally, totally, yeah. totally, completely distinct. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, was a character, you know, returning or something, but it didn't seem to be the case. So, yeah, yeah I kind of concur with um, with Steve on a few of those points. It is, it, it, I mean, it's so routine. It, even the music is is pretty jaws like at times i mean it's it's amazing to me still i mean surely jaws is the most influential film mm. that was ever made apart from perhaps night night of the living dead because of the amount of copies there are i mean this is really yeah. um straightforward duplication in a in a number of senses uh, obviously the the location the the, the um the characterization everything's a bit different it's closer more to shark bait still a bit different but i think shark bait was a really good example um, in, sh- in in that film, you had like really really douchey characters. Yes. In, exactly. in this one, you don't. You know, they're much more likable characters in this one. Um, what I quite like was that it's a, it's an all female cast. So there's there's like an element of um, it remote really reminded me of the descent. Mm-hmm. You know, the the girls going yeah. on a trip together, and you know things not really panning out and stuff. Because it was called the reef stalked, and it started out with. Um, with that that uh, yeah. sort of, um, controlling abusive kind of relationship kind of thing, I wasn't sure whether one or two things was going to happen, which didn't happen. Mm. Was one, is that guy going to follow her on her trip, and he's going to turn up at some point? So I mm. thought maybe it was going to turn into a, like a psycho stalker kind of movie, or could it have been like a crazy Jaws the Revenge? kind of thing so the guy kills himself he becomes a shark and, <laughs> and stalks her or something i thought that was, that would have been good for, but i think somebody's probably already done that i mean there's there's so many sort of mad go, uh, shark shark ghost kind of movies out there and stuff. Oh, maybe some... someone's already done that but yeah. that was I, w- I was thinking i was thinking it was going to be a wilder movie than it actually was i mean it was very routine some of the acting though is really bad especially when you, you remember the bit with the little girl yeah. And they're like shark, mm. and she's like shark, and then the yeah. mum is on the the mum is on the um, on the uh, on the beach, mm. and she's going shark. <laughs> like, I was not convinced at all by by the the, the acting there. Um, yeah, um, it's the the shark scenes. Yes, there's a lot of stock footage and stuff as these things usually do, but I think there's a fair amount of dodgy CG in there. Uh, I, again seeing it so quickly after shark bait i did think all the 
attack scenes and that, which are essentially in the same kind of setting. It's very much um, uh, so. In that case, they were or they were on a jet ski basically for the whole time, and then they were sort of being attacked. And this one, they're basically sitting on kayaks. And uh, I th I did think the attacks and that were much more effective, if, considering this is a sequel to quite a well uh, well known film, mm. and it seems to have had a reasonable budget sort of about it. I think it is quite low budget as well. I don't know if it got, a, it's Australian. I don't know if it got a, a cinema yeah. release in Australia, but it, the, the low budget stuff really sort of shines through in the attack scenes, uh, I think, whereas the rest of it, you know, look, it's a very handsome looking film in terms of its location and stuff. But um, yeah, what, what about you, um, Mike? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I totally agree. You know, the, the kill count is, is way too low for this kind of film. But mm. I, I, at the same time, this isn't so much about the kills as it's about these these sort of women sort of sort of bonding through mm. through, through adversities. So, um, uh, you know, by, by the end of it, by, by when we got to that epilogue, I was I was, I was actually on board again. It's like, yeah, okay, I, I can see what you were aiming for with this. Um, I, I think the photography is great. You know, all all the stuff on the water, the underwater stuff, all that's fine. Yes, there are a few dodgy CGI shots, as you say, but a lot of good, sort of well-edited stock footage. Um, yeah, it, it didn't outstay its welcome. Um, it's not as fun as something like Sharkbait or the other Australian one we saw last year, which the name... Great White. Great White. Yeah, same producers as this one. Yeah, that, that was good as well. Um, interestingly, the um, director of this, um, Andrew Trokey, I'm mm -hmm. going to guess... Yeah, another mm. another name murdered for my list. Um, he he directed um, jungle. Directed, well, yeah, jungle, which which we we watched, didn't we? On on, on um, yes, we didn't. Uh, I don't think we um, covered it, but no, we did. We did. We did a sort of show, you know, watch thing. You and I did um, watch but, a lot. But he also did the original Reef um, yes. as well, which I imagine had a bigger budget than this. Uh, but also he did um, the two Black Water films, which are about. Uh, killer crocs yes um and I, I that think, was so that was his like breakthrough i think I, yeah. I, I did see the first blackwater at the cinema i think yeah i didn't like the first one the it was basically a guy stuck up a tree wasn't yeah. it for, for most or of girl, it girl, girl yeah i can't remember yeah. Um, but, um, I, yeah i wasn't a fan of that one either yeah but blackwater abyss is really good oh okay i, I really like that it's about um, a group of people who go uh cave you know caving in mm. somewhere in australia and and a uh, sort of flash storm happens and, and it starts flooding and of course this you know giant crocodile sort of gets in as well. Um, that that was actually really good. Uh, All these films are very very similar, mm. aren't they? Mm. <laughs> it's like they are a bit. Making the same film over and over again, it seems. Yeah. Apart from I don't know what the because they did a segment on the ABCs of death <coughs> called G is for gravity. So yeah. whether that was also about a shark <laughs> or a crocodile or, or something yeah. or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, but, killer. I think I think. I'm, I'm not sure which I prefer, the shark ones or the killer crocs, as, as, as a cro sort of genre. Crocodiles are, you know, less well, you know, less, um, there's less less croc movies, so I get that makes them a little bit more interesting than shark movies, yeah. which are just dime a dozen. So Rogue, um, Rogue was a really good one. Um, and yeah that was that was also australian wasn't it i think if I yes it was yeah 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 uh start, start a young sam waterston as well and who was the other guy uh dominic purcell was he in that uh, one no no was... um, no he was in primeval 
Yeah, primeval. Is it, that was the, the other, other one. one. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the other the, the guy in Rogue was um, a guy called Michael Vartan, who oh, was yeah, the yeah. he was the um, sort of the male lead in um, Alias. Oh yeah, he also did Dead Man on Campus, I think, <coughs> or one anyway, of the other one, or the other we, one. Anyway, yeah. we digress. We, we, we digress <laughs> a little bit, but shark movies, and yeah, and yeah, I think this definitely uh, holds its own. You know, um, as as you mentioned, Rich, you know, there are a wealth of really bad um, shark movies out there, and which just reminds me of. Um, uh, uh, there's a YouTuber called Shark Movie Mafia. I don't know if you've come across her. No. She, she does oh. these um, little sort of videos of uh, really, really bad sort of shark movies. Um, worth checking out. She, she's pretty funny, I must admit. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. But yeah, she covers the really, really bad ones, you know, sort of Shark of the Corn and. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Something like um, shark, pol- poltergeist shark, or something ridiculous. Like oh that. yeah, there's probably an Amateurville shark as well. I That's probably. the one. Yeah, Amateurville shark. There, oh, there is. Yeah. There literally is. <laughs> but, yeah. um, okay, so how are we going to score this particular one, uh, Steve? I'll give it a six. Mm-hmm. And Rich, I I I think it's got its ben- uh, positives. The say so I really I did like the. Um, the cast, the, the mm. sort of main central group of, of young women uh, and their, you know, the developing of their relationship and stuff. And I, I thought that was good. And the film looks nice. Uh, so I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, I'm going to join you guys on a six. It, you know, it is very well done. Um, but from... It, from to a degree. Yeah, to exactly. a degree, it's well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, to a degree. Um, but it isn't on the same level as something like Shark Bait or... Uh, great white uh, because you know they, they had the budget to sort of really re- really go for it whereas this one this one is more like black water i think yeah, i don't know I th- i'd be surprised if shark bait had a bigger budget than this I, I do, it's either on par or, or shark bait possibly had less money to play with i, I think, think they just maybe did just it better did it better it just just handled yeah maybe just handled it better yeah, yeah. instead of that's going my impression it. i might be wrong but that was filmed in Baja, I think, wasn't it? Whereas this mm-hmm. is like in, in Australia. Queensland or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that is three sixes for the reef stalked. Go check it out. Our next review is 18 and a half. In the midst of the Watergate scandal, a White House transcriber called Connie finds herself in hot water when she discovers the only recording of the missing 18 and a half minutes from Nixon's tapes. Turning to a reporter from the Washington Times, Connie finds herself surrounded by strange characters and has no way of knowing who to trust. Um, okay, so I think this started off great. Um, really got into the opening of this. But for a long period of this film, I was just... You you know um, they live right. You know you know the fight in the they fight. Live. Yeah, yeah. Where where you're just going, put on the sunglasses for God's sake, put on the fucking sunglasses. This is what I was like on this one. Just for fuck's sake, play the tape, play the tape for God's sake, play the tape, because it just kept meandering and and you know all these obstacles getting in the way of bloody tape. But that's that's how my feeling on this one. Um, Steve, what did what did you make of eighteen and a half? 
Yeah, I completely agree with you, Mike, to be fair. Um, the start in the restaurant, I thought, was great. You know, it's building that tension up. Um, you know, intrigued as to what's going on. Because it's not, I'll be honest, Watergate, obviously way before my time, not something I've really looked up, looked, you know, looked up or researched or anything like that. And then it gets to the hotel. And then it just goes downhill. You know, there's, you've got like an hour of a dinner party. <laughs> and it, it's just absolute toss. You don't need it. It's, I don't know what, what, what they were trying to achieve with it. Mm. That's what's baffling to me. It's like, okay, yeah, you've got this nice political style thriller going on, you know, build the tension up, and then it just loses all goodwill that it's built up. And it just becomes daft. <laughs> there, there is definitely a farcical element to this one, Rich. What did, what did you make of it? Don't know, don't care. <laughs> I really didn't like this film. Uh, I just didn't yeah. go on with it at all. The Especially when it was like, you know, when all the meandering and the, the long dinner party and and stuff, and I was, I was like, you know, mm. tapping out. You know, <laughs> it's like I know I, I had to. I was like, no, I'm not doing this now. <laughs> so I did, I did finish it in the end. I, I worked really hard to finish it today, but I was like, no, <laughs> I've got better things to do. I'm not sitting through this. Um, it's, it's, and- it's a shame. It really is because, as, as as we've said, you know, the establishing of the the setup is brilliant. You know. Um, I don't know. And, I was a bit and, lost at the beginning. Really? So, so, you know, the idea yeah. of, you know, the fact that there's these 18 and a half minutes missing hmm. from, um, you know, sort of Nixon's sort of transcriptions, basically. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, they had this long conversation without realizing that there was a second tape recorder in this conference room, which is what, what, what Connie ends up sort of um, getting hold of or being sent. Um, so, so that was all fine, and, and and then her realizing, you know, what what she was actually hearing on the tape, um, which is which I thought was great. But then there's this whole thing about sort of trying to uh, trying to, you know, get a tape deck which can play it and stuff because the one that the guy's got is broken and all this, and we find out reasons later. But even so, um, what's with the guy on the beach? <laughs> No, not not him. The uh, the 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 sort of hippie oh, the guy, hippie communist one. Yeah, the hippie, which just sort of meanders and go. I mean, I quite like seeing Richard Kind as the yeah. as the quirky, yeah, um, eye patch guy. Yeah, yeah but, but that's the that's the thing. This is oddball, isn't it? I mean, you you you, you said sort of political thriller <laughs> at the start of the show, but. It's really, it's really just. That's the way um, it sets up. That's, yeah, yeah. It, it sets up as a thing, but then it just turns into this sort of weird, like Rowan and Martin's laughing kind of kind of thing. That's, that's, that's what I felt I was watching almost. It's like this very surreal. Yeah, in, you know, indie co- indie comedy. You I, was know, for, I was waiting for Goldie yeah. Horn to turn up. You know, but it's well, not Abigail, Abigail's party. You know, it just. Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't flow. It doesn't make sense, and then. I think the most interesting part to me was that when they kind of like play the, the tapes. Yes. 
There's lots of good you stuff know. on there. Really yeah, I wasn't yeah, really interested. Yeah. I wasn't really paying attention. A huge uh, amount of time. I was a, listening a, to it, but a, it wasn't yeah. it was just like going over me. But interestingly, a, a, lot um, it, a lot of it is true. A lot of the a lot of the stuff they. I mean, I I don't know if this is the real sort of eighteen and a half minute. Well, no, because they don't have the, the exactly. they've never found it. But you know, a lot of the stuff they discuss is actually mm. real stuff that happened. Yeah. You know, stuff stuff about um, oh, what's, what's the millionaire guy called? Oh, Howard Hughes. How, Howard Hughes. Howard yeah. Hughes. There was a whole thing. They, they mentioned it on the tape about them salvaging this Russian submarine. And, and they actually did it. You know, they actually sort of had this ship, which was hollow in the middle, and they sort of dropped a crane, and you know, through the bottom of the ship to sort of um, pick up the bits of this uh, Russian sub and, and ferry it back to the US without anyone spotting. So, uh-huh. yeah. Well, that's an interesting story. I'd watch yeah. a film about that. Yeah, but uh, well, not not a film be... about people just sort of, yeah. you know, quirkily yeah, the other, acting quirky. The stuff. other interesting bit as well they they mentioned I think I think it's like the chief of staff's wife or someone someone some high politician, his mm. wife who had caught wind of uh, no, she, she, apparently she was an alcoholic, and they were all worried that she's just going to start blabbing about everything. So mm. they had a committed. They, they literally went into the house, grabbed her, put her, put her in a sanitarium and kept her there for weeks mm-hmm. and, until everything blew over. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Again, which would be more interesting than this. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I like the fact that it was Bruce Campbell as Nixon. Mm. But it did just sound like Bruce Campbell. It didn't really... <laughs> You know, yeah, there was wasn't, no... wasn't trying to. Yeah, no, no. There are some really interesting castings in this. I mean, I say a lot of the people, people you see on looking up, and it's like they pop up, and they're actually they're on the tape. You don't actually see. It. But there's like Ted yeah. Raimi, John Cryer, and yeah. um, the bit the the bit I like the most was right at the beginning where I recognised um, Troma director Lloyd Kaufman yeah. have a little bit part uh, at the front as um, as the boss. Oh right, the boss. So I was, like, I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> that looks like Lloyd Kaufman. And I looked him up and it was. And uh, yeah, because he, I don't know if he, you know, a lot of these people, are they in the movie because they know the director and stuff? Or is it because, you know, they've, they're interested in acting and they like to do a bit of it? Who knows? I don't know what the case is because Lloyd Kaufman does turn up in films every now and again, like Crank 2 and uh, The Suicide Squad because he used to work with James Gunn and basically James, yeah. gave James Gunn his big break. And, stuff but the or not big break but you know his, his early breaks mm. but the um but to see him turn up in a sort of quirky indie comedy like this is a bit unusual and it's, it's only a little tiffy part and stuff but i got a little bit of a thrill out of that mm-hmm. nice to see vondi curtis hall as well who's also i think he didn't he direct gridlocked and stuff as well as being a very i think so yeah. uh accomplished yeah. actor uh i haven't seen him around much lately but uh yeah so it was quite but i didn't really like and i definitely didn't like his his wife, oh, <laughs> who, 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 uh, who was just really irritating. Uh, it was like turning into a Russ Mayer film by that point, I think. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't get what they were trying to achieve, to be fair. Like, that's what's annoying hmm. about it. Yeah, totally agree. In that case, uh, scores on the doors. Uh, Steve? Um, I think I'll give it a four. Okay, and Rich? I'm going to give it a three. 
I think. A three? Yeah, a three. Oh, I would. I think I liked it better than either of you two. I'm giving it a five. So there we have a three, a four, and a five. There are some interesting bits in here, but there are a lot of meanderings which are going to frustrate, we think. Self-indulgent, um, I think, is probably the best yeah, way to, that's a good way of to describe, describe it. it. Yeah. So there you go. A three, a four, and a five for 18 and a half. Go check it out. Our next review is Executive Order. Set in Brazil in the near future, a civil rights lawyer finds himself rebelling against a new executive order, which... Oh, excuse me. A new executive order which orders the deportation of every person of African descent out of the country. Wow, Steve. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, what, do, what do you make of it? I enjoyed it, but it's not a film to enjoy. You know what I mean? It's not something you really it, enjoy. It's... it's... <sighs> You're sort of watching it with your jaw on the floor, aren't you, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. You just can't believe that something... Well, you... You, know, you can. This, this is the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think this is the problem. Is, is He kind of can see it happening because here we are in a country where we're thinking, you know, deporting refugees to Rwanda is a good idea. Um, so, yeah, you know, how far off is, is somebody try, trying this on, really? Yeah, true, true. But, it, you know, it's, it's very, you know, you, once you've got, like, I wouldn't say the big action scenes, but the big, you know, deportation scene, it yeah, then it becomes is. very quite self-contained, you know, in in, yeah. in the flat and in the um, the hideout as such and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah I mean, very, very thought-provoking, very good. What What did surprise me is when it started, I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Because he's not a Brazilian actor, is he? It's, um, no, he's English. He was in Harry Potter. He's in the Harry Potter films, among other things. Um, yeah. And I'm most, like, most recently in the uh, uh, Foundation series on, on Apple as well. I've not seen that, so. Uh, it's pretty good. But, yeah, but as soon as I'm like, I know him from somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the eyes, isn't it? You can tell. You can tell by yeah. The eyes. It's, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if it's... A second language to him, or he's, you know, but yeah, performances were great, you know, really were good. Mm. And especially the, not the, what's the word I'm looking for? The woman in charge of it, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, the sort of administrator woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 um, yeah, the Nadine Dorries. <laughs> well, yeah. basically. Well, it's Theresa May, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Theresa May when she was Home Secretary. Yeah, you know, that's, that's basically what it is. Just just enjoying her job way too much. Basically, yeah. it's it's like this scene, you know, because they they and and there, there is that sort of um, political insidiousness of it, you know, when um, you get you get the adverts appearing on TV, sort of saying, you know, Brazil is a free country. We think everyone should enjoy their freedoms uh, and especially sort of black people who, who we think should enjoy the freedom of going back home of their to their own country, country. Yeah, yeah. and you think jesus christ but everyone's laughing at it you know all, all the sort of you know the characters are you know laughing at the 
ridiculousness of it. But yeah, at yeah. the same time, you know, the government's sort of gaslighting everyone in, into, you know, bloody, you know, all these Africans well, that, in yeah. the country. Well, it actually starts, doesn't it, with, with that woman, because sort of, there was this um, attempt at getting reparations from the government for, you know, the sort of past slavery yeah. and sort of stuff like that. And then uh, even when they're sort of televising it and all the reporters are there, they decide, no, we're not going to do it. No, <laughs> no. It's just, just a kick in the teeth for a start. Yeah. But, yeah, this is it, uncomfortable viewing for sure. Yeah. Very, very, even like, you know, the next door neighbour, you're just like, oh. Oh, yeah. You. yeah. It's like, when you're leaving, my, 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 my nephew wants, my to, wants the flat. Yeah, my daughter wants yeah. to rent it, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you're fucking despicable. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, you, you get that point where, it, you know, the order comes into force where, 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 to begin with, it's like, oh, people can volunteer for this. You don't have to go, but we, yeah. we're kind of encouraging you to do it. And you can choose whichever African country you're going to go to and all the rest of it, um, which is all fine. And then as soon as the it becomes like, no, just grab everyone, send them, send them out. And it's like that poor black security guard working for her. Yeah. You know, and he's the first one. It's like, he's, he's, dragged you know, straight he's off. working for her. It's so ridiculous. But again, it's not even, it's how they frame it as well. Even if you look like you've got some kind of African in you, you're going. going, And it's like, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? But you're right, though. You know, you could see something like this happening, you know. I mean, it's scary. when, When you got Trump, you know, Trump called out. Um, there's various congresswomen of colour who, you know, were, were quite outspoken. He, he basically said, well, why don't you go back to where you came from? You know? yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, J- Boris Johnson has often come out with similar statements, you know, in, in calling, you know, people picking in ease and all this sort of stuff for some various mm. countries, you know, are incredibly embarrassing. But, yeah, it's it's Unfortunately, it doesn't feel as far-fetched and, and satirical as it probably hopes to be, you know. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't know what the situation is in Brazil exactly, you know. I mean, I, I, I don't know how how tumultuous the, um, the political landscape is there, especially, you know, on a racial level. Um, yeah. It, so, yeah, God knows. Um there, there are times when the film does sort of betray its um, uh, play origins. You know, this was orig- I think it was originally a play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as, as you say, you know, the film does sort of settle down into these two locations. You got the, you know, the underground bit where um, the guy's wife is, and you know, stuff going on there. Lots of speeches, basically. And in you know, the, um, the main character and his brother are sort of holding out of the flat. Um, so, so you can certainly see that, but you know, it it does sort of open it up quite well um, as well, you know, with all the sort of unrest. Um, yeah, anything more to add on this one? No, uh, no, not really. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to score it? I'd give it a. Ooh, I'm going between a seven and an eight, and I think I'll go with an eight. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with a seven on this one. Um, yeah, it, it's mind blowing to a certain degree how you know how well it sort of sets up this horrible sort of situation. And with today's political climate, you can you can it, it's it's almost like you know it's it's almost like a black mirror kind of scenario. It's like you know you, you can kind of see it. You know, with with, with yeah. the way things are at the moment, you know, it's it's like two steps removed. So, yeah, a seven and an eight for executive order. We certainly recommend you go check this one out. Our short shot this week is crooks. Two young women plan to rob a convenience store, but are unprepared for what awaits them. Um, very well set up this one. Really enjoyed it. Um, I was reminded of another film we covered, which was about the girl on meth that goes... Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's exactly the one I thought, yeah. the Jim Cummings movie. Yeah. The Jim Cummings one, that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, this has got a sort of similar vibe to that. You know, these, these two young women have no clue really what they were doing, um, going into this store to rob them, um, and things happen, basically. Uh, Steve, do you enjoy this one? Yeah, it was okay. There's just one thing that annoyed. There's kind of like a time jump mm. about three quarters of the way through. Now, I don't know if they were trying to pay for all the cracks or, you know, budgetary wise or whatever, but that jump just didn't sit right with me at, 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 when I was watching it. I don't know why it, it just slightly annoyed me, but yeah, I, I knew it was. Like where it was coming from. Mm. Um, obviously, reminded me of Clerks. Yeah, so, I was going to say, you know. there's definitely sort of a little bit of a Clerks feeling to it. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah, it's okay. Performance was good. I like the little twist. Mm. And yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, okay. And um, Rich? Yeah, I thought it was great. The, the sort of banter driven. You know, nature of it. The, the the performances were, you know, sparky, and you know, the, I, I love the the characters and the dialogue. It was really fun, and you know, the way it sort of does uh, it sets it all up, and their motivation is sort of going in because because basically they've got to get some money to to um, pay some vets bills or mm -hmm. something, and and the you know they find themselves in over their heads and stuff. You know that would say that's how like you were saying, reminding of the old. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but the yeah. uh, the, the the Jim Cummings uh, short, with, which had the whole thing with the crossbow and everything going That's on. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the there's a there's a little bit of a, there's a couple of little dark. It's got like a dark edge to some of the scenes because it's like all oh, somebody's like dead or, or you know seriously hurt or something, mm. and, and a couple of bits. And there's there's not really much of, of an effort on 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 the characters' parts. They are a bit selfish, and that, but. I just I, I love the energy of it. I, I like the way it looks. Um, it's from the director, it, uh, director and cinematographer Andy Chen, hmm. uh, on his uh, Locust Garden, I think, uh, YouTube channel. The um, he did Swarm, which was that sort of zombie MMA, oh yeah, yeah, kind of thing, yeah. uh, which was which was really interesting. Uh, yeah, and also recently there was another short he did called Lying Beside You, which is a thriller. Which has got a it, it, I, which I still think, which I think is pretty interesting. Is that the everything that I've seen of of his so far, which I've I've only seen a handful, 
uh, I've been quite keen on. But this this for me was is the best thing that I've seen. It's it's got the most consistency. And it, yeah. you know, it works best as a film. Looks great. Beginning, middle, end. You know, it's a it's a great little package. It's about eight minutes long. Uh, you know, I I'm. It feels like it's it, you know it's done its job. You know, it's it's, it's uh, it sets everything up really nicely. You could do something more with these characters. You know, you could, there's a. But I think the way it's done is is good enough for me, and it's got that nice little sort of has a sort of a quirky little payoff at the end but yeah like the um it could have been a tie-in you know you could easily see it being the clerks you know the the quick start or whatever mm. uh, kind of thing uh, kind of setting and stuff but yeah i thought it was really well played really really one of my favorites of the year so far yeah it's really good um yeah we enjoyed swarm but that was a bit sort of awkward sort of in, in the way it trying to sort of marry up it's two yeah, sort of genres, you know, sort of yeah. the MMA bit, and then and then the other zombie bit, and it was like when you got the sort of heartfelt stuff as well. Which, yeah, exactly. You know, sort of, that's yeah. a bit awkward. Where and this one does a similar thing, like like with Stephen say, uh, saying about the jump mm. part, where it sort of goes in, and then they decide to sort of do a okay, we're not going to show this part of the story. We're just going to show okay, where did they end up after mm. sort of the kerfuffle, uh, as it were, and because mm. um, that's what more what they're interested in rather than just showing you kind of the things that you would expect. But I thought, and maybe budgetary reasons as well. I'm not sure. But the, but yeah, I think this one sort of, it does play with a couple of different themes. It's sort of like the quirky sort of indie comedy kind of stuff, mm. and the sort of more more typical uh, comedy with and a little bit of a darker edge at times. But yeah, uh, so I was really, really, really surprised. I, I really loved this as soon as I saw it. I've watched it twice now. It's really good. Yeah, it's mm. a very good one. Uh, we don't score the shorts, but you will find a link in the footnotes below. Please go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is TC2000. Somewhere in an apocalyptic future where the rich live underground and the poor are left to fend for themselves on the surface, Corrupt members of an underground security force plot to destroy the surface. That was from IMDb. That's not my writing disclaimer. <laughs> um, okay, so we got uh, Billy Blanks, we've got Matthias Hughes, and we have Bolo Young in this one. It's um, <laughs> very low budget for sure, but it's good to sort of see all three of these guys sort of mixing it up. Um, there are some interesting sort of um, twists on things like Demolition Man in that mm. um, in, in, in that one, you know, it's, it's all the uh, the have-nots of Force Underground, where in the, this one it's all the, you know, the rich and powerful guys supposedly living underground and all, all the, um, the scum are on the surface. But, um, yeah, uh, Shades of Robocop, Total Recall, all, all sort of thrown into the mix here. Uh, Steve, how did you get on with TC2000? Um, yeah, it does what it says on the tin. It's your typical like, early 90s B-movie actioner mm. where, like you said, they throw everything in there. You know, Total Recall, obviously, Robocop. It, Demolition Man was the big one for me mm. that it reminded me of. Uh, it was the know, berets, wasn't it? <laughs> It was, it was, and also the, um, you know, the the double crossing, you know, get the baddies in, but it's also Mm. someone who's helping out. You know, obviously it's not, not, no Nigel Arthur, but, (laughs) um, 
And instead of and instead of Wesley Snipes as a bad guy, you got Billy Blanks as the good guy, who's who's yeah. very Wesley Snipes like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, no, decent fun. I mean, what really impressed me about it was like the sets and the set design. You know, because I'm presuming it's an old, I don't know, electric yeah, tower or something, you know, yeah. a power plant or something like that. But they, I thought they used it really, really well, especially at the end. And, yeah. you know, where they're trying to hunt, hunt each other down, you know, the bit of cat and mouse and stuff like that. And you even get, like, the, the bit of Chinese mysticism thrown in there as well, you know. Uh, yeah, it was decent fun. Decent fun. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, Rich, do you actually seen this one before? No, I hadn't. No, I've always wanted to. Um, yeah, but, it's, it's, I know what you mean. And it wasn't. It wasn't what I was. Uh, you know, I guess these things never are quite what what you expect they're going to be. But yeah, it was a real mix. I mean, obviously, the Terminator influence because mm. the, the TC two thousand is a kind of a reference to the T one thousand. Which was mm. in uh, which was a year before this, but yeah, Demolition Man was the same year, nineteen ninety three. Uh, yeah, the it started to go down this sort of Robocop route, and I thought, aha, okay, it's it's going to do Robocop, and then it kind of does it for a mi- a bit, and then stops, and and it does, yeah. you know the character is um, it's uh, Bobby Phillips's character who, who's the the partner. So if imagine Robocop, but instead of Murphy. Mm. Being turned into Robocop, it's it's his partner, the one played by Nancy Allen. Yeah. So imagine yeah. if she had been turned into Robocop. Is sort of the concept that that we're working on here. But then, you know, she she very quickly stops being just because they dress her up. Basically, she's like a what you would say now, like a WWE diva, but back then, mm. like a glow, gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of wrestling kind of, or, or or you know, poison music video kind of look that that her mm. character's got and. Uh, she does a bit, of, a little bit of fighting and stuff, but then she sort of blends into the background again. The guys are mm. back in the forefront, and it's more about um, Billy Blanks still sort of uh, trying to trying to find her and, and trying to sort 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 out what, what's going on. But so this is one of those movies that was coming around out uh, in the wake of Bloodsport, where Bolo Young is top build, but actually mm. isn't in the movies very much. He's kind. Yeah. He's kind of the guy who was there to sort of draw people in because he was the bigger name, yeah. uh, and actually Jalal Murhai is also a bigger name. So Billy Blanks is third build, but he's actually the proper lead. Murhai in this is who was also the producer. Uh, it was his company, Film One, that made the film, yeah. and he is the villain in, and he's the guy in the beret and the and the. Yeah. Uh, sort of crayon, crayon on his yeah. face and, and stuff. Yeah. But the so it is all over the place. It's got, I, I, it's not, um, it's not particularly good, but I think it does fall, fall in that tradition of the sort of post-apocalyptic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, movie where, what you know, Roger Corman, Sirio Santiago, all that kind of thing. Uh, Bloodsport 2050 came to mind specifically. Yeah, the Gary Daniels one, Firepower is another one. That yeah, all of those. Yeah, PM Entertainment did quite a few of them as well. So the it's set and it's got, it's got no money. Uh, it, yeah, you know, the, they're really walking, they're yeah. wearing these um, uh, the uh, the uniform, the outfit that that the helmets that they're riding around on their bikes on is it, it was like a welding helmet. 
yeah. kind of kind of thing yeah. and stuff. And they've just sort of used what they got, and they've they've tried to do a lot with not very much. Mm. Um, mm. And there's plenty of fights in it. There's so many fights. I mean, it's it's packed. There's probably too many fights, not enough story. But they're, they're fighting all the time, and and you know it can't you know it gets to the point where. <laughs> Uh, you know, towards the end, they all have to rip their shirt. There has to be an excuse for them to all take their oh, yeah. shirts off <laughs> so, so they can fight against. And Bolo Young is sort of, you know, he's doubled a little bit, but he's he's doing a lot himself. And, you know, he's, I think he's dubbed a bit as well. But his kicks, uh, you know, he, I was, yeah, I was good. really surprised good. How, many, how many kicks he was, he was throwing, you know, that, were, that weren't doubled. Yeah. And I liked all the stuff that they kind of, as Steve was saying, they're throwing, throwing the mysticism. So there's this bit where he's, there's this sub- subplot sort of theme of him. Uh, shoot, uh, pushing his chi through things, mm. uh, yeah. and they demonstrate this with the old um, gold, gold uh, desk toy, gold ball, uh, not gold, mm. uh, silver ball thing, which you don't really Newton, see. Really, Newton's cradle. N- yeah, you, so you don't oh, really yeah. see them much anymore. But they were very big, sort of eighties, yeah. nineties. In the eighties, yeah. Yeah, and so there's a key point where he uses that technique uh, to quite devastating effects or whatever, which reminded me of something recently that. Um, more recently, uh, Steven Seagal did the film Shadow Fury, uh, not Shadow Fury, was it Shadow? Shadow Man. Uh, and he was sort of destroying a watermelon, you know, sort of thing. And and it was kind of kind of working on a similar concept or whatever, but this version is much better because he literally basically does it through a through a, a blast door or something, you know, through a through yeah. a door, like a metal door, and, and he still manages to kill, kill it. So it's really cool. It's, it's some really cool bits like that in it. Um there were a couple Bobby of nice, Fitt. yeah, a couple of nice sort of attempts at things. Um, for example, Billy Blanks, uh, his fighting ability actually improves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the beginning, yeah. he's okay, I guess, but then he does some training with with Bolo, sort of around about yeah. three quarter way. And, and, Montages, yeah, Montage. but, but you know, they 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 are able to actually show that you know he is a better fighter for it. That without sort of drawing too much attention, which I thought was quite good. Um, and yeah, Bobby Phillips's character Zoe, I thought she played the two sides quite well. So yeah, yeah. the first half is like, you know, as you say, sorry. Um, oh god, what's the name of the character in Robocop? Zoe? No, oh, in, um, in uh, what's the name of the, the actress? Nancy, oh, Allen. It's Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Yeah. So so yeah, the first half she's sort of channeling sort of Nancy Allen. Then the second half, you know, she's just like. Got this sort of sadistic smile on her face all the time, and he's just enjoying beating the shit out of people, which I thought was yeah, it was it was a decent bit of characterization. I thought. And have you yeah. ever seen the uh, TV movie series Chameleon? No. So mm. she she was the lead act. She was the lead in this series, uh, Chameleon uh, One, Two, and Three. I think they were made for cable TV. Right. Uh, one of them was quite diehard, like, mm. uh, and uh, but they were basically like she's an enhanced sort of character. Um, you know, action okay. female action hero yeah. kind of character, and and they, this kind of was a an early one, sort of pre, you know, about five or five years before yeah. that, doing something kind of similar. Uh, I've I've seen her in that, and I've seen her in a few other things. So she was one of the reasons that I wanted to, I've always wanted to see this, because this was kind of one of her mm. one of her first movies, and she wasn't really she wasn't really known at that time. She's uh, she's kind of dis- uh, she's still around, but I mm. think sort of towards the late nineties, she was actually she, had, she was um, a bit more higher profile. She, yeah, yeah. she's been in a lot of stuff. She has been tons of stuff. Yeah, so she, so that brings a little bit more diversity that you got her. The guy playing the bad guy in the beret, 
mm. uh, with the moustache. He really reminded me a lot of Powers Booth for some yeah. reason. Yeah. So I was, yeah. like, so was like Powers Booth with the moustache kind of thing. more like Lee Horsley, but there you go. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not familiar with, with him, oh. I, I, I confess. No. Uh, there's... Um, oh, there's that scene with... Uh, is it with Bolo? Who, where he fights the giant guy. Mm. The really, yeah. really big. It's like twice as tall as but Bolo is. Yeah, I, I, I have sort of like um, Game of Thrones vibes for that guy. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah, it's like the mountains. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. So I mean, that, at that point, I was thinking, well, hang on, what's going on here? Because that's about the second time that Bolo showed up. Oh yeah, they, it didn't really make sense, did it? What what was he up to? Yeah, and then, point, yeah. then he kind of meets up with um, Billy Blanks' character because uh, yeah. uh, you have to have an underground fighting ring thing oh, going course, on yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. And so they kind of meet up there and that's where they hook up. I think Bolo's on his own personal mission of vengeance and that, that, that maybe they... Uh, it's, yeah. Maybe I, I missed something, I, whatever, but there's there's a lot no, in I here. There's think, a lot of ideas thrown in here. I just think we stuck that in just to give him another scene, to be fair. Yeah. Well, the original... Yeah. I mean, although we're going... Uh, the TC2000 is a reference to... Bobby Phillips' character, who's the TC2000X. Mm. For some reason, they decided to just, I guess, drop the X from the title because it doesn't just doesn't sound very good, really. They should have just left it TC2000. Uh, and they probably didn't realize, they probably realized that a bit too late. But the, um, uh, the, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. The, um, oh, see, I went off on one <laughs> about the title. Uh, I, and now I can't remember what I was going to say. Uh, what were we talking about a minute ago? TC two thousand. No, no. Before I got onto the TC two thousand, um, like the the scene follow young. Sorry. You know. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Bolo so just T- off and yes, yes. Sorry. So TC two thousand, which I didn't pick up on until later years. I think it was a, originally a reference to the Tiger Claws franchise, which Jalal oh. High had made with Bolo Young previously. Right. So I think this was kind of a we're going to do another Tiger Claws movie, Tiger Claws 4, but we're going to do something different setting in the future. So I think that's what the origin of the TC was. And then in the movie, they kind of go, oh, it means tracker controller, which yeah. just sort of just doesn't quite roll off the tongue very well. But I think that's, I think this was a re- say originally designed or intended as a Tiger Claws movie, but a futuristic one. And in the early, at least in the first one, Bolo Young is kind of a, he's, um, He's basically a serial killer uh, in the first one, and then they kind of, and then he becomes not so bad in the sequel. <laughs> it's like, I think, if I recall correctly, he's like a re- he's like the main antagonist, like serial proper serial killer, who then becomes actually like a, an an aid to the hero, if I recall correctly, in the sequels. Anyway, um, so I think those early scenes are kind of in that vein. They're kind of a throwback to they're, they're copying that tone of the movie, and they're kind of mixing that in. With all the Billy Blanks uh, Robocopy kind of stuff, so in and uh, yeah, Jalal Murhai turning up as the uh, Picasso, who's who's kind of this uh, pretentious, uh, mm. well, not not Joker like, but you know, sort of sort of theatrical kind of villain that they've got in the in the oh oh sorry, here's the other thing. It's the most cheesy sci-fi language in this movie. It's like the above the above world or something they call it, and, and yeah. like the, every, everything they refer to is like really like like a like a little child's written <laughs> written it. <laughs> well, you say actually, you just remind me of another bit. You know, you know when um, so Billy Blanks' character he, he sort of quits the force and 
gets sort of deprogrammed and stuff and then they decide that oh no we're going to kill him anyway so mm -hmm. you know and the 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 it's the, the inept guys they send after him and they're sort of saying things like aha we've got you now and it's like <laughs> what do you mean you got me now it's like were, were you trying to get me before you know it's just like really really bad dialogue there he is go get him uh, no, it was pretty bad and he where he was he Billy Blanks's character was quite. He seemed quite happy to go off and be mm. put put in, have an operation and stuff like that. Yeah. To get to get. Yeah. They were like, right, well, well, you don't agree with us. Uh, you're going to have to go. Uh, we're going to have to wipe your brain now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's right, like, all oh, right, right, I'll wipe my mind then. <laughs> um, the director of this, T.J. Scott, who again, I'm not. I I thought this was directed by Murhai, who who directed most uh, quite a number of the films that he made. But the this is say TJ Scott, who's got quite an extensive TV career on mm. things like Gotham and uh, what's it? A uh, few few other, like done a up Star Trek Discovery has done a couple of episodes yeah. of Doom Patrol, The Strain, La Femme Nikita, Hercules. Uh, funnily enough, uh, after this, he, he apparently did an episode of the Robocop TV series, which is quite funny. Um, and Kung Fu: The Legend continues. So he's he's more established as a as a TV director than a, the movie, movie director, but I don't know. I think I think he did okay with this. This was probably more of a, you know, Murhai was probably behind the behind the you know sort of guiding it a lot along quite heavily because it is very much in the style of his typical movies. Uh, one important thing I want to mention is when we when we were first talking about when I first recommended doing this, so I found it on YouTube. And it's on Film One's official YouTube channel, so it's a proper release. It's it's not too dodgy. But then we're watching it, and there's this sudden jump cut. And then I and then I was looking into it, and I realised that it was ten minutes shorter than mm. what it says on IMDb. Which now this is not the first time this has happened to me with uh, with one of the, the the Film One uploads of one of the movies. There was another one called Crisis with David Bradley, which was which I'd. I've, I wanted to see for a long time, but it's never really got released and it turned up and that's got some really odd, you know, bits just sort of cut out of it. Like, a, but this one is like a proper missing reel. Like it, I discovered it was literally a whole 10 minute chunk from just before the hour mark. Mm. Uh, and there's yeah. some key information in, in, in that 10 minutes of who the, who, um, who Zoe is, you know, there's a sort of a key, uh, why she's such an important character. And, um, you know the the villain does some you know sort of reveals himself and uh you know uh, takes care of some 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 of the some uh one of the guys who's who's in his team uh and why how they end up at the thing so if you're watching the movie on youtube you've got to be be careful there's there's actually two on there that there was an up there was a, there is an upload also on the film one channel of the full length of the film which is about an hour and 35 minutes but the one we initially were watching, and I don't know if this is the one you actually ended up watching, Mike, is an hour and yeah. was an hour and twenty five minutes, and yeah, possibly I, I, probably I got, got a bit confused. Yeah. You did watch the full version, good. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> and also, I noticed at the end of that that it appears to be because it's in widescreen, which is great. You know, it wasn't the pan and scan version; it was it was uh, filling the sixteen by nine uh, ratio. Uh, it's it seems to be basically a rip or, or at least the same uh, copy as, as vinegar syndrome because the vinegar syndrome logo comes up at the end, 
which mm. uh, which I thought was quite wild. But um, yeah, so Vinegar Syndrome released it on Blu-ray in the United States, and I guess around the same time, Mohai's got the rights. I guess he can he says, well, you can release it, but I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel anyway. Uh, that that that's the only reason I can uh, justify that 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 they've done that. But uh, yeah, so if you're interested in uh, this film and other stuff, it's worth having a look on the on the film one channel but yeah do be to be wary of of edits say this is a thing with um as a slight aside this is a thing with youtube sometimes you see films that have been loaded up uh, officially or unofficially mm. where you do get these edits now some of them are what, are what i consider like youtube edits where they've they've taken out some of the sex and violence to, right. to so it doesn't yeah. flag and and you know uh, mm -hmm. doesn't demonetize and, and things like that so if you ever find a film that you want to watch on YouTube, check it against the running time on like IMDb or whatever, because then then you'll be able to tell how much they've edited it down. Because uh, if I did if I had discovered this an hour and twenty five minutes and realised that there was ten minutes missing, I would have never started watching it. But then it's you know if you dig a bit deeper, sometimes you can say you can see the another version. For some reason, they didn't take down the uh, the faulty version, as it were. I don't know why they didn't just leave that, leave the proper one up there. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe they just don't monitor their channel very much. But, but uh, anyway, it's good to know they're out there and that we can see it. But TC two thousand is one of those ones that's actually really, really easy to find. There's loads of old DVDs and stuff floating around of it. It's it's never been out of print as far as I'm aware. And say mm -hmm. there is this Blu-ray version now. I don't know if there's any extras on that. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a favourite, um, but it's but it's certainly. You know, they don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a lesser film for me, for, for sure. Um, I, I enjoyed the performers, but um, boy, did it drag at times, even with all the fights. Um, well, the fights, are, a lot of the fights are filler, aren't they? I mean, it's much. kind of like, it's, it's, I mean, it's an hour and 35 minutes. It was actually pretty long. I mean, the film could have been easily trimmed down to, an hour and 20 uh they, it didn't need to be so packed i mean some of the okay uh, getting back to the production designers of it so you get this lot the the final part of the film is in this missile silo which is pretty striking i mean uh, the, for the most part most of the film is running around this power plant kind of environment so it's all corridors and pipes and stuff but basically the whole film and then you get this missile silo but the missiles at the center, the centerpiece of this, which is obviously a ticking bomb kind of mm. countdown clock thing, yeah. is like three television sets with a little tube that's firing up for fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Literally fireworks. Yeah. Literally fireworks. But they're supposed yeah. to be like uh, it's it's all to do. With I I did think it, as well um, because you know they they set this thing up and suddenly it's it's firing this rocket into the sky which explodes, and I'm thinking. Oh wow! It's going for this really nihilistic ending where they're so hung up with with fighting that they've forgotten about actually trying to save the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, you know, it, and it turns out, oh no, there's actually a series of rockets that they, you know, they're firing into the sky and releasing this virus or whatever. But yeah, just for a moment, it's like you're spending so time, sorry, you're spending so much time fighting these guys, you've kind of forgotten that you, the reason you're there is like. Mm. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. Obviously, the other thing, there's some really good. There's there's a not a, not a great deal, but there are some really good stunts in this 
as well. I, I mean, there's, there's and some good like, overhead shots as well, you know, to make it a bit more interesting. Yeah, and there's that bit uh, towards the end, they they climb up the silo mm. or they or he hangs, yeah. he jumps onto a, a, li, a, a lift, mm. you know, that's going up. And then, then it goes to a gangway bit. And it's all quite high up. And then they do a, a, a stunt with like hanging a guy, basically. So they throw him off yeah. and he's got the, the, the rope wrapped around his neck. And it's like, it looks properly real. As like, um, you know, I don't know, it might have been a dummy or something, but it looked like somebody was really taking that fall and could have potentially really broken their neck. Oh, I quite like that. And um, say the bit where um, the, the climbing up to the, on the uh, elevator shaft kind of thing, which reminded me again of like Total Recall. The, but without the arms being chopped off, but yeah, and it was just sort of that led that sort of elevated a bit beyond the sort of you know it was nice to see some sort of practical action you know stuff rather than just purely you know just got you know um, punch fighting and and whatnot. Mm. I say there's a lot in here. I think it's definitely worth seeing. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's certainly not a favourite. I'm glad I've seen it. But I think there's enough enough little odd, you know, bits and quirks and stuff like, you know, Bolu Young and the stuff they do with him mm. and the training montages and everything that, that I, th- I thought was a really good time. I'm not a fan of Murhai. Uh, Got to be honest, he's not one of my favourites from the mm-hmm. from the period. I've I've seen a few of them. Uh, he's just got he doesn't really have much charisma. But the um, he did a couple with Cynthia Rothrock as well. Uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen any of that's i can't even remember the title of it now but you know he worked he's worked with like lauren abaddon and stuff quite a lot and uh yeah he's his films are there's one called risk factor which is more recent which i do want to check out just out of curiosity but he's uh, he's i'm he's i'm mostly interested in him because because he's uh um i think he's he's he was born in brazil and he's lebanese and he's sort of canadian so he makes films in canada so he's he's kind of Lebanese Canadian and there's not many Lebanese Canadian action stars or, or you know filmmakers out there so he's kind of carved he carved himself a really interesting niche there for a while uh, and he's still producing stuff he's still around he's still doing things but um yeah he's just, he, 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 caught, he never became like a, a Gary Daniels or a, or even or even a Lauren Avedon or something he's just he he was um he's more of a I don't know who, who to equate him to, but uh, yeah, he's he's an acquired taste, I think, is probably the best way to say it. Indeed. Okay, we don't score the, um, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out. Um, as Rich said, this one is on YouTube. Um, it's a legit release, so um, please go check it out. There'll be a link oh, in the footnote. Sorry, but, um, um, were there many, because I watched it on pre- premium, did you guys get interrupted with many commercial breaks? I think about no. four or five. Yeah, it wasn't too, not like that other one where it was like every five minutes. Yeah. One at the beginning and then one near the end. But yeah, it weren't too bad with this one. Yeah. And yeah, it, was literally, it was literally like one advert and then straight back into the film. Straight back so. into the film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the other option is, you know, it is available on VOD and stuff as well. So mm. if, if the commercials really bug you and you're not on premium, then yeah. that is an option. Say so it's really easy to find pretty much any format you want to find it in. As I said, we don't score these, but please go check it out. You'll find a link in the footnotes below. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me again, looking at these interesting films, an interesting bunch this week, um, even if um, 
18 and a half didn't really yeah. fire on all cylinders. But yeah, not my favourite week, I've got to be honest. It's yeah. not, it's... We've had better, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it can't, it can't always be, um, you know, the likes of broadcast signal intrusion or um, I forgot the name of the film. There was the one we, we covered with the, with the hypnotism. Oh, God, yeah, oh, Ultrasound. Um, ultrasound, yeah. that's great. Ultrasound, yeah. yeah that, that's, that was a good week, that one. Yeah, that was a very good week, that one. Yeah, that was, that's one of the four of this. Um, but, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also check out the DTV Digest Short Shots, where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening. That's it. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.